Welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the podcast where we read Patrick Rothfuss's The Wise Man's Fear page by page. This is page 857. Content warning, on this page we discuss themes of potential sexual violence. Chapter 131. Black by Moonlight. Fran and Josh had done a good job with the tent. It was tall enough to stand in the center but still crowded with me and both girls standing. I gave the golden-haired one, Ellie, a gentle push toward the bed of thick blankets. Sit down, I said gently. When she didn't respond, I took her by the shoulder and eased her into a sitting position. She let herself be moved, but her blue eyes were wide and vacant. I checked her head for any signs of a wound. Not finding any, I guessed she was in deep shock. I took a moment and dug through my travel sack, then shook some powdered leaf into my traveling cup and added some water from my water skin. I set the cup into Ellie's hands, and she took hold of it absently. Drink it, I encouraged, trying to capture... The tone of voice Florian had used to gain my thoughtless compliance for from time to time. It may have worked, or perhaps she was just thirsty. Whatever the reason, Ellie drained the cup to the bottom. Her eyes still held the same faraway look they had before. I shook another measure of the powdered leaf into the cup, refilled it with water, and held it out for the dark-haired girl to drink. When she stayed there for several minutes, my arm outstretched, her arms motionless at her sides. Finally, she blinked, her eyes focused on me. What did you give her? she asked. Crushed Velina, I said gently. It's a countertoxin. There was poison in the stew. Her eyes told me she didn't believe me. I didn't eat any of the stew. It was in the ale, too. I saw you drink that. Good, she said. I want to die. And that's the end of the page. I'm Nick. I'm Jordana. I'm Jeremy. So I know the pages don't, like, end on purpose, but that's a cliffhanger if ever I saw one. Jesus. That is is a hell of a line on which to end the page. Yeah. 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 Although, you know, it's uh, the the payoff, I guess, to the previous uh, page. Now we're kind of seeing it. Al- <laughs> it almost reminds me of a Ryan Johnson movie because we've kind of seen all the all the action without any backstage. And then we have kind of the sit down and the look back when we get to see what was being hidden from us initially. I don't know. Maybe I just it's on my mind because I rewatched <laughs> Glass Onion recently. Uh, it feels good. It's a good payoff, despite, you know, the troublesome subject matter i think quotes is doing a pretty good job i don't know he didn't go straight to like i'm not here to hurt you i'm you know maybe they get that a lot i don't know i think he's handling it very well i don't know anything about. i mean it. i don't think they get that a lot but it is a common thing in fiction yeah maybe quoth has more experience talking with 
uh, traumatized children than he lets on. After all, he did spend a large chunk of his life, a traumatized child himself, living on the streets with other traumatized children. And he worked for Trappist, right? Like he did some work for Trappist here and there. Maybe he's even channeling. Maybe he didn't do work for him. I don't recall, but he's probably... Is maybe channeling Trappist. I don't. Know, I, I think he did a bit of work for him. Like, yeah, I think the deal was like they like mopped the floors and whatever. He's also probably he observed him, and now he's in a place where he can kind of use those same tactics. He doesn't evoke him here, which is interesting. Like he doesn't say, "I decided to do what Trappist did," but we know enough about his character that we can kind of. It's not a big stretch to remember that he did this. And he's also being practical. We start to get his interiority in this chapter. We got like no inter- interiority from him at all in the last chapter, really. We're, we start to get it in this chapter, but not yet on this page. And But I think he's kind of thinking to himself, okay, they're safe. I need to take them off the board, as it were. I need to make sure that they're not going to like run away or cause trouble or like mess up my plan that I'm still formulating in my head. So I, and also they could probably do with some uninterrupted nap time. So I'm going to try and make that happen. But of course, he also doesn't want them to get the horrible shits, right? Yeah, he wants to prevent them from doing that. I guess he's also winning some trust here. I don't know. He's being very practical about it, which I appreciate. Yeah, it feels more practical than anything else. He's also patient, right? He's just sort of like waiting for uh, for Ellie to, to drink, right? He doesn't force her to do anything. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, is in direct opposition to how Kate and Kate and Anne, their like, kind of minders are very like rough with them, like they force feed them essentially. So I think he knows that mm-hmm. like that is not a way to gain their trust or cooperation. So he is deliberately choosing a, a more gentle tack reasonable that's about it really yeah i'm i'm aligned we have synergized that's a deliverable Mm, (laughs) both is gonna uh, be be executing on some deliverables some key performance indicators uh, all through this chapter all right so we'll circle back tomorrow we'll do a check-in yeah on another page uh we'll track our progress the wind the wind